Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is Chris Penrose with the Believe Network. Here to talk about USC men's basketball in the 2018-2019 season. Really excited to be a part of this network. I have never done anything like this. So uh, probably very similar to this year's basketball team. It's going to be a bit of a learning process in the beginning. Uh, Hopefully we'll continue to get better and better as the season goes along. But I'm really excited to be a part of this and to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart, which is USC men's basketball. For those who don't know me and uh, and are wondering who is this guy who is talking about USC basketball, uh, I played at USC from 2003 through 2007. I played for four different coaches. I started out uh, playing for Henry Bibby. I was a uh, preferred walk-on recruited by Coach Bob Cantu out of uh, Francis Parker High School down in San Diego, California. My freshman year did not see any time, unfortunately. Uh, Then my sophomore year, uh, Coach Bibby actually made me a team captain along with Roy O'Neill, who was a senior at the time. And uh, four games into my sophomore year, Coach Bibby was fired after probably one of the worst road trips I'd ever been on. We played at North Carolina, second game of the season, who eventually won the national championship, but we lost to them by yeah, almost like 50. And then uh, probably the biggest upset I was on the losing side of was when we uh, went to LaSalle in Philadelphia and uh, lost to them by about 10, 12 points. Came back home and uh, Coach Bibby was fired. Then I played for Rick Majerus for about eight days. Uh, that's a pretty interesting story. Um, if anyone remembers, Rick Majerus was hired in December, uh, and eight days in, he uh, decided to not coach at USC due to health reasons. Uh, but the real story is that he and Mike Garrett did not see eye to eye, and uh, Rick Majerus decided that he wasn't going to get what he wanted under the current uh, or the then current athletic department and decided to go his separate ways after uh, a little over a week. So then Jim Saya, who's an assistant coach, took over and finished off the or finished off my sophomore year. So I had technically played for three different head coaches within my first two years at USC. Then Coach Floyd was hired. Uh, And I had Coach Floyd for my junior and senior year. And I have to say, I owe a lot to Coach Floyd. Uh, I still talk to him quite a bit today. Uh, I love the guy. Uh, I know if you're a USC basketball fan, you probably have mixed emotions about Coach Floyd. He did a lot of great things for the program. Uh, And then, you know, the whole OJ Mayo situation. Uh, I obviously have a lot of thoughts on that. Uh, I am on Coach Floyd's side. Uh, we can get into that discussion later on in the season. Um, but uh, Coach Floyd was, in my opinion, one of the better coaches in uh, USC basketball history. The thing about him is I honestly think that you could, if you had 10 players and you gave the five best players to one coach and you gave the worst five players 
to Coach Floyd, he'd find a way to make the game interesting and probably win. Uh, that's something that uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of coaches do. Um, the way he strategized and the way he watched film, how he kind of put the pieces together to figure out how we would match up, especially in my in my junior year, we we didn't have a whole lot. We returned four guys, uh, Dwayne Shackelford, uh, Nick Young, Gabe Pruitt, Lodrick Stewart were all scholarship guys, uh, and then a couple walk-ons, including myself. And we, we, uh, we had some tough times that junior year. But the one thing that I really realized uh, playing for Coach Floyd that first year was he knew how to make us better, and he knew how to keep us in games when, honestly, we probably shouldn't have been in the game. Um, and we had some big upsets my junior year, beating North Carolina at home, uh, beating UCLA at home when they were ranked top five in the country, uh, beating Arizona at home. Uh, we had some some big, big, big wins, and we were able to build on that going into my senior year uh, in which we made it to the NCAA tournament, uh, was a top 15 team at the end of the year, and it put USC basketball in a position to bring in top recruiting classes uh, from that point on. So with all that said, in the uh, coaching carousel, that was my four years in college. Uh, one of, in my opinion, uh, my greatest accomplishments was I was voted a team captain uh, for three of my four years as a walk-on. Um, that's something that uh, I'm very, very proud of. And to this day, I use that experience as a team captain in my everyday life. And probably my greatest moment on the team was uh, senior night, uh, my senior year, first year in the Galen Center. Coach Floyd put me in as we were up, I think, 18 with about two minutes left. Uh, And even though I airballed a shot, uh, I was burned for a layup and I got dunked on uh, with about 10 seconds left. Uh, I was on the fast break. Daniel Hackett gave me a great pass on the wing, and I hit a three in front of a sold-out crowd, and the place went absolutely nuts. And I was on ESPN's top 10. I was basically the play of the day on every local LA sports broadcast that evening, a bunch of interviews and stuff after the game. I actually felt like I hit a game-winning shot, even though... Uh, We were up by a lot, and the shot meant nothing. But to me, it definitely meant something. So with that, enough about me. Let's talk about some USC hoops. Uh, It's going to be very interesting this year. I've been to a few practices. Uh, I'm a big Andy Enfield guy. I think he is a fantastic coach. I think he uh, has put together a very good team this year. But it's going to be very interesting to see who steps up. The last few years we kind of know what this team was going to be about. You kind of saw the same players come back over and over again. And you had that consistency with Jordan McLaughlin, Elijah Stewart, Chemezi Metu. You knew what was going to happen. You knew you were going to get points from those three guys. You knew you could rely on them. But this year, we're going to have a lot of role players that are going to have to step up. And they're going to have to step up fast. We lose a lot of leadership with the guys uh, that that either graduated or went to the NBA. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin, that's someone that you're just not going to be able to replace right away. He was the heart and soul of this team for four years. As a freshman, he was the guy who was leading the team. 
and you can't just replace that overnight. It's gonna have to. It's gonna have to come from one of these seniors, I think, uh, most likely Benny Boatwright, to bring this leadership and to bring uh, that fire that Jordan always brought to every practice and every game. I mean, you lose a point guard who was consistently giving you almost 13 points a game with seven assists, and with Chemezi, you were getting consistent defensive effort whether it was blocking shots whether it was getting defensive rebounds or whether it was just logging the paint and making the opponent shoot outside shots instead of trying to take it to the hole and get easy layups and then we also lose elijah stewart who was a corner piece of this team over the last four years came in as a freshman in my opinion he improved every single year became one of our top outside shooters Probably one of the more athletic guys on the team, a guy that you could throw lobs up to, you knew he was going to catch it and throw it down, good defender, very athletic, um, and he hit some really big shots, especially in the NCAA tournament two years ago. That's another double-digit score that we end up losing. So with that, you lose 15 points from Chemezi, you lose about 13 points from Jordan McLaughlin, and about 11 or 12 points from Elijah Stewart every single night. So who's going to help replace that this year? There's going to be a lot of opportunity for these guys, seniors, juniors, incoming freshmen. Everyone's going to have a chance to show what they can do. Kind of reminds me of my junior year high school football. Uh, So I'm taking you back to 2001 right now where we lost just about every starter to graduation We only returned uh, four guys that were going to be seniors. And my old football coach, John Morrison, his whole thing was, it's our time as a team to come together and figure out what we have. It's your turn to showcase your skills and to step up. And there's no change in the expectation of a winning football program. And I feel like that's the mindset that Andy Enfield and his coaching staff is trying to implement on this team right now. Everyone's going to have a shot. Everyone's going to have an opportunity. But there's no change in the expectation that USC basketball has set over the past few years, which is we're a winning program. We're going to be top three, top four in the Pac-12, and we're going to compete for a Pac-12 championship every single year. So let's roll through the roster and talk about what we have this year. So we have three seniors, two scholarship, one walk-on. So Benny Boatwright is obviously the guy that everyone's going to be looking for uh, this year. He's going to be the one that, in my opinion, probably has the highest expectations of any of the returners. He missed a good portion of the year last year due to injury. He's rehabbing that knee right now. Uh, The few practices I've been to this year, he has not been participating, uh, but he has been there. He's been rehabbing. He's been getting shots up. He's been doing a little bit of lateral drills, but it sounds like he's still probably two, three weeks away from really participating in contact. Um, But he's a guy that he's going to have to lean on heavily in terms of offensive production. Um, Last year in the 23 games that he played, he averaged about 13, 14 points. And SC needed those points. And we're really going to need to count on him this year to be kind of the rock offensively and to be able to provide that type of scoring output day in and day out. The other senior on the team, uh, scholarship player, Shaquan Aaron, transfer from Louisville. 
he's had some good games. He's had some bad games. Uh, most uh, notably, probably his best games have been against UCLA. Two years ago at home, uh, when UCLA had Lonzo Ball, uh, Shaquan really came out and was the offensive juggernaut for USC that game. Hit a bunch of threes, a couple dunks, played good defense. But other than that, he's been pretty inconsistent offensively. I've seen him in practice, and he has his really good days where he looks like he should be a starter day in and day out. And then he has his bad days where his shot isn't on, and you know he kind of pouts around a little bit and, and doesn't play hard defensively. He's a guy that's, in my opinion, is going to have one of the biggest opportunities to really step up, uh, showcase what he can do. And if he can be consistent offensively uh, and get down in a defensive stance every night, he's going to play, and he's going to play a lot of minutes. And then you know I got to give love to the walk-on, senior walk-on, Devin Fleming. Just a phenomenal kid. I had the opportunity. He interned at my company uh, over the summer. Fantastic person. Great kid. Very, very sneaky athletically. If you look at practice right now, uh, he's been playing a lot. SC has been really injured and very depleted in terms of practices. He's getting a lot of practice time. And he can play a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised, especially earlier in the year, if Devin gets in there and gets some minutes. He's very athletic, can shoot the ball, plays hard. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Enfield throws him in there, a couple possessions, and uh, he gets some run. Now, the juniors on the team is something that I'm really looking forward to watching. You'll have three guys in Jonah Matthews, Derek Thornton, and Nick Rakosevich, who have been role players the past few years. Jonah Matthews was uh, elected a captain by his team. He's a guy that's going to have to come in and shoot the ball. Last year, he was a little inconsistent. And what you saw is, I'm not sure if the confidence was quite there last year. When he caught the ball, shot in a rhythm, he made it almost every time. It's when he would catch the ball, kind of double clutch, almost wasn't sure if he should shoot the ball or not. That's when he started missing. And then his confidence got down. If he can turn into a consistent three-point threat, he's going to have a great season this year. Derek Thornton, the transfer from Duke, uh, I would say he was one of our top defenders last year. Uh, Great on-ball defender. A little inconsistent when playing the point guard position, turning the ball over, trying to force it a little too much, not really making the smart play. If he can tone that down a little bit and realize he doesn't have to make the home run pass every single time, be smart with the ball, and limit his turnovers, he's going to be a big part of this year's team and hopefully be a consistent starting point guard. Nick Rakosevich is a guy who has consistently improved from his freshman year to his sophomore year. And for what I've seen so far in practice into his junior year, he seemed to get a little bit better every single day. When he first came in as a freshman, he basically had no back-to-the-basket offensive game. That's improved tremendously. If you see him in practice right now, he's got a good left hand. He's got a good right hand over the left shoulder. He's able to give a little shake here and there and really be able to create space for him when he's when he's down there in the post. He's really the only true center SC has, and he's going to be relied on every single night to be the guy getting the rebounds, being able to block shots, and to consistently guard the other team's big guy. Now for the sophomores, three guys are coming back. Jordan Usher, Chuck O'Bannon, and Victor Ayalumno. 
Usher definitely had flashes of greatness last year. He had a big game at Utah, and he would come in and provide pretty valuable bench minutes throughout the season, somewhat consistently, more consistently towards the end of the year. But he was definitely a feast or famine kind of guy. He would hit a big three and then come down and launch an air ball. Uh, Definitely needed some heat checks going on. Uh, but he's a guy, he's gotten bigger. I've been seeing him practice a little bit more with the big guys. He's developing a little bit more back to the basket game, which is going to be interesting because SC doesn't have a whole lot of height this year. So I can see him playing at the four. Um, in order for him to get more minutes, he's going to have to be a little bit more consistent offensively, uh, not turn the ball over as much, and to really kind of stay in his game, which is going to be shooting the open three, playing good defense, and rebounding. Now, Chuck O'Bannon Jr. has by far, in my opinion, been the most improved player from the end of last season to the beginning of this season. He's really developed a nice jump shot. He's very athletic. Didn't see a whole lot of time last year, which was somewhat surprising being a McDonald's All-American coming in. Uh, Most McDonald's All-American freshmen get a lot of minutes. He did not. But I think he's going to be consistent offensive weapon for Andy Enfield and his coaching staff this year. And Victor's also improved a lot. I've seen a couple times him catching the ball in transition when he's running the floor and going up and dunking it, which last year, if he were to try to catch the ball on a fast break, he'd probably fumble it out of bounds. He still has a long ways to go. I don't really see him getting a ton of minutes uh, this year, but as long as he continues to develop and get better, develop his hand strength, develop an offensive game, by his junior senior year, I think he could see significant minutes. But this year, uh, I just don't, I just don't see him getting into the game a whole lot. So those are the returners. Uh, now let's talk about the freshmen. Very interesting class Coach Enfield's put together this year. Three guys, one five star, two four stars, who all came in hoping to get minutes right away. The most talked about freshman is going to be uh, 6'6 guard Kevin Porter Jr. out of Seattle. Pretty interesting story as he was somewhat under the radar. Two years ago, he was a three-star recruit, uh, turned into a four-star recruit. And then over the summer, he made a huge leap. And now everyone's talking about how he's going to be a first-round pick in next year's NBA draft. He is very impressive. What's kind of interesting is I feel like he takes some plays off. In the few scrimmages I've seen, he's kind of gone through the motions half the time. And then when he wants to turn it on, he's the best player on the court. And he makes some incredible shots. He's very athletic. You see him out on the wing catching lobs. He's he's very, very fun player to watch. If he can put two halves together... I think he's going to be a very special player. Now, the freshman that I really like is Elijah Weaver. I think he's going to be a tremendous player, and he's going to be a three- or four-year player for USC. I think he will He will be an NBA point guard. He's long. He's 6'5". He can handle the ball. He plays great defense. He, unfortunately, has had ankle surgery, uh, and he won't even be ready for the start of the season. I think he'll probably miss the first two or three weeks of the season. But he's going to be pushing Derek Thornton for playing time in the point guard position. And I wouldn't be surprised if those guys are on the court at the same time. Uh, As we saw, Andy Enfield sometimes like to play uh, two point guards on the same time. 
Jerome Brooks is the big guy uh, of the freshman class, also from Seattle. Uh, 6'9". He's been improving slowly, still has a ways to go, but he might get thrown to the fire here. I mean, you look at SC's roster, they don't have a whole lot of height. I mean, other than Benny and Rakosevich, I mean, they just they don't have a whole lot of length and height in that front court. So I think Jerron might get thrown in, um, and he's going to have to to pick up the offense and and learn kind of on the job. That's definitely going to be one of the weaknesses of this team this year is height and rebounding. The starting lineup is going to be uh, pretty fluid this year, I think. Uh, with a lot of these injuries so far, I think if the season were to start tomorrow, uh, we're probably looking at Thornton at the point guard position, Jonah Matthews at the two, Shaquan Aaron at the three, Jordan Usher at the four, and Rokosevic at the five. Now, when everyone's healthy and we're kind of going through the midst of the season, I think we're probably still going to see Thornton at the one, Matthews at the two, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. at the three, Benny at the four, and Nick at the five. And the bench is actually pretty deep. You'll have Usher coming off the bench. I think Charles O'Bannon's going to get a good amount of minutes. Uh, obviously, I'm a huge Elijah Weaver guy. I think he's going to push Thornton for that starting point guard spot by the end of the year. And then you have Shaquan Aaron and Jerron Brooks as well. We'll see what happens. I mean, one thing we know about Coach Enfield is he's not afraid to mix up his starting lineup. I mean, last year he started 10 different guys based on their scouting and their game planning. So what can we expect from this year's team? We have no idea. (laughs) There are so many new pieces to this puzzle. I just don't know what to really expect. I guess the one thing that I do think is going to happen is there's going to be a pretty steep learning curve. There are a lot of guys here who need to figure out how to become the guy. Who's going to take the last second shot to win the game? Who's going to be the defensive rock and who's going to grab the team, pull everyone together, and tell them they need to get a stop? Who's going to be the guy that's going to step up and get the big rebound to win the game? Who's going to be the leader in the locker room if the team goes on a two- or three-game losing streak and people start to get down on each other? Those are the unknowns that are going to have to be discovered if this team's going to make a push for a Pac-12 title. And the road to that title and the NCAA tournament starts November 6th against Robert Morris. We'll get into the schedule on the next episode. For Chris Penrose on the Believe Network, signing off. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 